This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Not Another Derby County podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Jacob. Hello. Uh, Lawrence. Hello. Adam. Hello. And myself. And um, today we're going to be dissecting the Wickham away game. We're going to be having a chat about Watford, and then we're going to be talking about the uh, Dwayne Holmes and Richard Keogh derby against Huddersfield, as well as speaking about the big game we've got this Friday. So, lads, what did we think of the Wickham game? It feels feels a long time. It's over a week ago now, isn't it? Ages, yeah. Feels like a long Not time ago. A week ago? Is it? Do we play on the Wednesday? I think. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. A week yeah. ago, yeah. Yeah, it feels a lot, a lot longer. But well, I mean, we definitely needed to get the win against a team near us after. The games against Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, which was a bit shaky, but getting that win kind of lifted us further out of the bottom three. Um, I'm confident we've got enough to stay up now. I think that win was huge. I think if we'd have kept a draw there and then lost to Watford, it wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have resonated very well within the squad. I think that would have hit the confidence. But the fact we were able to win that late on um, and just get a three points really against a relegation rival, you know, it's mm, yeah. uh, definitely helped us. And yeah, we, we really didn't deserve to win at all. We were awful compared to, but Wickham just outplayed us all game. But really, we, I think we deserved that going off like the whole season because we had loads of moments like that in the first half of the season. So I think it was about right for us to get some sort of look at that. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked Wisdom's goal. The passion shown from all the players after that goal was immense, wasn't it? Yeah. I did, I did like it. I, I screamed. When, when that went <laughs> I think as well it was, it was an interesting game from from like a, as you were saying we've had a lot of decisions go against us this season but in that game you know they had that disallowed goal which was miles on the side and we just happened to grab one in, in the dying seconds to win it it was really really harsh on Wickham but it, it was a massive moment as you said Jake I think we we needed that at, about time it's about time yeah. got that rub of the green yeah. Definitely. We actually don't really deserve it. A few decisions kind of went our way and we long overdue that yeah. sort of game. And it went straight back to normal against Watford um, with the referee, Tim Robinson, the referee. Um, He's learned his know, name. <laughs> He's remembered the name. Have, uh, I, don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, with that game. I think that kind of leads nicely into the, the Watford game. And I think if we dwell too much on the Wickham game, then we'll... 
you know, we're, we're thinking we've been in the past, but we're, um, I don't know what I'm saying at this point, to be honest, but the Watford game, what, what are your guys' opinions on the Watford game? How harsh was it the was, defeat? It was frustrating, wasn't it? Yeah, go on, Lawrence. It was, it, was like, it was like stark contrast to the Wiccan game. We played really well, probably deserved at least a draw, and then we came away with nothing. And mainly the, their first goal was a bit of luck, really, and the second goal was just a bit of quality from Hughes. But other than that, I think we yeah. were much better than them overall. And I think we should have got at least a point from that game. It was so infuriating, wasn't it? Especially with a player like Will Hughes' quality. You know he can do that. And he involved in both goals. It's just infuriating. We could have had him. Yeah. I, I felt really so defeated. I yeah. felt personally defeated. Like when I was sat there watching it, I think when it's 2-0 down, and I was sat there thinking, we're still in this. Like the way we're playing, we had two minutes where we turned off. They scored two goals. But... You know, we can turn games around like this. Um, then the goal, to get a goal back straight before half-time would have been perfect. That's what we needed. So to actually legally score that goal yeah. in, a way, in a way, in such a questionable way, it shouldn't have been taken away from us. Um, the referee will know that now. Uh, so I think it's frustrating. But obviously then we do make it 2-1 and then Burn hit the crossbar with the, free, uh, with the corner late on and we had a couple of chances to see the, you know, to get a point back but I think even with the point you'd feel a little bit defeated with the fact you should have won if it's a draw you should have won if it's a loss you should have drawn um, I think overall it's just another frustrating game but we bounced back really well yeah and I think just, just one more thing on that Watford game the, the most frustrating bit was that we were really robbed of a point and I think obviously we had the the Kazim Richards goal disallowed, which for some reason was apparently a, a foul by Wisdom, but you watch it a hundred times and you still can't see where it was. Um, they took off Will Hughes in what, 75th minute? And we hammered them. The last 15 minutes, we absolutely hammered them. And I think on another day, we probably could have scored two or three. And for us to do that against a team in the form Watford are in, they'd won, what, three, four on the bounce before that. They've got one... Of, arguably the best team in the league they've got arguably the best players in the league and it's like you know if we can play like that against them where we really deserve to be getting points out of it we can get points from anyone in the league and we really shouldn't be scared of playing anyone yeah well I think once the kind of once the dust had settled and I slept on it looking back at the game it was I, I could take positives from it the fact that we did push them right to the edge the fact we did feel robbed playing against such a team, you know, such a good team who realistically should bounce straight back up to the Premier League. Um, it made me feel a lot more confident in terms of staying up. Whereas, you know, a week ago before the Wickham game, I probably would have said, I'm still a little bit nervous looking over the shoulder at the relegation zone. But now I think we've definitely got enough to stay up. And I know that even if we lose the next game, or if we do lose a game, we definitely have what it takes to bounce back. I think it's the mentality thing with Rooney where he just, he knows what he, he just knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's got a proper footballing brain and the way he conducts himself and the way that he must manage that team behind the dressing room, is like that leads again uh, leads in again to the next game. Um, yeah, against Huddersfield, where even though we were winning at half-time, he started saying that he took full responsibility for how poor we were in the first half. And it had people in that, you know, in the press conference were just saying, what? Hang on, like, and everyone was kind of took yeah. back. They're a little bit, what do you mean? And he really thought we played poor in that first half. And that's kind of reassuring to the point where we're now winning games and he's saying, no, this is yeah. good enough. Like, it's really drilling mm -hmm. a new mentality into this team. It's a complete 
contrast to the team that we saw under Philip Cocker. Yeah, it reminds me of someone like Jurgen Klopp with his mentality of how they, how obviously not recently, but how, how Liverpool approach games and his mentality. And he, he says things like, if they win in at half-time, he'll say that he wasn't happy with it and they should have done better. So I think it's a really good, really good sign with his management. Yeah, yeah. I think as well with, with the way we're playing as well, you know, we, we played three at the back in that first half. And I think Rooney was right. We didn't look ourselves, but we were still comfortably the better team. But it shows the high standards that he has, not just for, you know, just for individuals, but for the entire team. You know, he wanted the team to go out and play a certain way. And that way wasn't the way that really we should have approached the game. And then he made the changes at half-time. And we, we looked so comfortable. You know, Marshall pulled off that, that really good save right at the start of the game. But apart from that, they barely tested us. It, it barely looked like we got out of first gear. It, it, it was pretty much the first 10 minutes or so, they had a couple chances. Um, I think, yeah, they, they had a couple chances. I know Aaron Rowe um, had a shot around the edge of the box and put it into the south stand. And then obviously Campbell had that shot you mentioned earlier on where it was great reaction, so from Marshall to deny him. Um, but in the whole game overall, I, I don't think they tripled us at all. I think even when we're, you know, in you know, inverted commas playing poorly um in that first half according to Wayne Rooney, well, we dominated. That from the tenth minute to the forty fifth, we were the, the better yeah. team. Then from the second half to the last minute, we comfortably never looked in trouble. Um that kind of shakiness we had at the back of we were conceding a lot of late goals at the start of the season under Koku. Um that shakiness has gone. Uh, so it's encouraging that we can play a five at the back. Well, you know, like a three-five-two, or we can play uh, four at the back as well. We're comfortable in two different uh, formations, which again, ironically, is something that Koku wanted was interchangeable <laughs> formations throughout the game. So it's almost like Rooney's got the Koku blueprint, but he's actually putting it to use. He's doing it yeah. right. And it kind of makes the question, what on earth Koku <laughs> must have been doing? Yeah. Um, our squad on paper is good. We have a yeah. good, got, got a lot of youngsters, fair enough. But especially with the low needs now, our squad is good, more than capable of competing against the best teams in the league, like we saw against Watford. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, does, it makes you wonder what was going on with Kaku at the start of the season. But it's good signs. I do think that the big thing, as you mentioned, was you know the low needs of added quality. I think that's that's the point. I think that's the, that's the big problem that we had before was, you know, we, we only had one striker. You know, Wagon, you can see him as a striker or you want. He isn't. He isn't a striker. I don't know what he is, to be honest. But I don't. he's not a player that can, you know, hold the ball up or anything like that. He's so different to, to Gregory. And I think, you know, he's brought Gregory in. If Gregory comes in, we can play 4-4-2. We can play three at the back and play two up front. You know, he's bought he's bought Edmondson in. All of a sudden, we've got that that rock solid third centre half. You know, George Evans was a decent player, but Edmondson, you know, he's a man mountain, and he's the sort of player that we needed because you know we we didn't have that that towering height apart from Clark. When we played a back three, you know, Wisdom's not the tallest. Clark was the only one that would really dominate in the air, and now we've got Edmondson. The back three looks so much more. I don't know. It looks stronger, doesn't it? You know, yeah. even in that first off, even though we didn't play well, we still looked solid at the back. And yeah. you know, he grabbed a goal as well, which uh, which was which was very good. Yeah, he got very there good, before Matt Clark this season, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going back to what you said about Waggy, I think 
when he came on, he had a really, really positive influence on the game. But it's just annoying that he, he, he hasn't got a position where he plays. Because I think, yeah. hopefully he's got confidence in that game, though. Hopefully he can he can push on it's and score, score some more goals. It's difficult when you think about Waggy, because he's a good guy as well. Like, yeah. he, he's a, he must be a great guy to have in the dressing room. But where where do you play him? Because for me, he's not a winger. Yeah. Because if you think think about a typical winger, you do think of a player like Camille Jujviak, who is, you know, quick, skillful. Wagon, that's not his game. Yeah. Um, but then when he played up top, that's when he scored his most goals for Derby. Uh, under but, Lampard, 12, 12 goals or something. Yeah. yeah. You've got to think, though, the problem is, is that when Wagon plays up front, the team suffers. He might do well on a personal level. He'll probably score a few goals. But the problem is, is that the team as a whole will suffer because he can't hold the ball up. You know, he's he's a decent player, but he has the first touch of a trampoline. Um, yeah. When when you've got that sort of, you know, when you've not got that ability on the ball, especially when you're playing as a lone front man, your team struggles. And, you know, we saw it with last season, Chris Martin came in and his touch, his control, his flair, it completely changed the way we played. And we looked a thousand times better when he played up front. And we've seen that again this season with Kazim Richards. So I, I don't know how, where or how you play Wagon up front. You yeah. know, would it be in a two? Yeah, two. Yeah. yeah, there's something that reminds me of Vidra slightly. I, I don't know what it is about him, but there's, there's something about him that it, it seems like Vidra. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I don't know what it is. He's Vidra without the clinical finishing yeah. Yeah. or blistering <laughs> pace. He's blonde. There is something there that reminds me of Vidra. Vidra. That's what we used to call him, Massive Vidra. Yeah, Massive Vidra. Yeah. He did look like a large Vidra when yeah. he signed. Yeah. But yeah, with, with that, I, I get what you mean. I do get what you're saying. Because Vidra, when he played up front, looked hopeless. But then you played him in a two or just behind you know, mm. David Nugent or Cameron Jerome or whoever was around at the time. He looked so much better because he wasn't the focal point and he wasn't the one that's being relied on in that yeah. position. And I think Wagon does struggle when he's being relied on, when the whole team needs him to do something. I think he struggles. But could you just... play Wagon behind the striker? Would that work? I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's the best option we have. No. I think I, that's the problem. I personally yeah. think if you're looking at a 4 4 2, Kazim Richards and Gregory, you, you wouldn't question starting them over Kazim Richards and Waghorn. That, that partnership for me isn't as, you know, isn't as pliable. It's not really a yeah. combination you'd want to see. Um, but speaking about Waghorn and strikers in general, uh, as it stands, the only strikers we actually have for next season. Like Jack Stratton, yeah, Jack Marriott, yeah, 10 no, players, don't we? 10 players, yeah, contracts, maybe 11. Same for Waggy, Gregory's only on loan. What are you guys thinking? Who would you offer? Obviously, because I'm Richards, obviously, Kazan Richards, yeah, yeah. Uh, Waghorn, though, another year for him. Do you um, want to stay? I'd, li- I'd like to see Waghorn get another, another year at least, I think, because he's, he's got a lot to give. Based off what? He did go 364 days without a goal from a play. He, he did, but he, 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 the only goals he's scoring with, I, I, I can't describe why I think. I just think he do. I just think he shouldn't. For me, it's a difficult one because he's people like him, but this season, has he done enough? Yes or no? That, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it all depends on how he plays for the rest of the season. I, to be honest, I know, I know Wagon's not a massive earner. You know, we signed him from a team that was being relegated to League One. He wasn't on a lot at Ipswich. You know, he's not on a lot here. 
Um, so from a wages perspective, it's not a problem. And I think no matter what, I think he will get another year, probably on the same terms he's on now, simply because if he goes, that's like, what, five million? And because of the strange policy that we, we run regarding you know, player values, we'd go right into the red if he was gone because we'd have an instant £5 million loss. So yeah. whether we want him to stay or not, I think he will sign a new contract. But the question is, would he actually be kept for longer than this year? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a tricky one as well because, I'm, again, I'm talking about him as a striker. So I was about to ask the question, put it this way, would you rather have Jack Stratton play 46 games next year or would you rather have um, Martin Waghorn? Yeah. Then well, we've got that... a youngster who's been doing really well in the academy. He looked all right. He looked up to scratch, I'd say, when he played in the first team. Got injured, working his way back now. Would you rather put a young lad with pace, a different kind of striker to what we've got at the minute, back in the team? Or would you rather keep Waghorn? He's only scored three this year. Only one from outfield. Uh, open play, I mean. So, I don't know. Is that a, is that a question? Yeah. You guys... That also depends on how Stratton does break into the first team for the rest of the season, really. If he, if he does well, if he scores a lot of few goals, then maybe. But I thought I I you probably want, you want someone ahead of him, really. Still not going to be the finished article to play up front yeah. week in, week out. So I think I think we should give him a new deal just for that security so we've got someone. Um, yeah. yeah. And then may, maybe Stratton could have his breakthrough year next year, though. So you don't know. Well, worst comes to worst, we've got Jack Marriott and Jack Stratton as a front two next year. <laughs> JJ. Jesus. Yeah. I do think... Sorry, Cole, mate. I'm just saying, it just made me think though. Waghorn's been a ten-goal season striker for a, a lot of his career. I'm just wondering where the goals are, where, where, where the goals have gone this season. And last season, well, yeah. he scored what 11-12 last season. You know, he missed so I think many the, chances. Yeah, season. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. He had. I remember seeing he had like an expected goals of like twenty-five or something. Yeah, like I remember that. seeing that. Yeah. And he'd scored like twelve. He was like the second least clinical striker behind Patrick Bamford in the league last season. A lot of wasted opportunities. You know, it's what? like when, when he was through on goal yesterday, he, he took that big touch and then I think he was he's trying so desperately to make it central that he's running into danger. He's got two players mm, either yeah. side. Instead yeah. of moving out of the way, he's going straight into the two. And I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, like, yeah. here we go again. Obviously, he's managed to finish it and finally, like, he's broken that you know, open play goal drought. Um, but I remember at the start of last season, I think it was so away. We drew 2-2. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that chance. game. Yeah, he, finish, and he, yeah. Did he, go he tried to chip him. Yeah, yeah like he still yesterday. stood up. Yeah, no, no, it was worse than that. He literally like dinked lo- it into his hands. He loves the chip, doesn't he? He tries yeah. it all it's the so time. Frustrating. I think the, the biggest problem with Wagon, and my dad's always said this since the second he joined you give him time and he'll miss, you give him an instinctive finish and he'll put it away. But if he has to think about it, you know, like yesterday, you know, he nearly messed it up yesterday when he was through on goal. He misses all these one-on-ones. You know, you, you could make a highlights reel out of the amount of one-on-ones he's missed where he'll run through on goal and just hit it straight down the middle or put it wide or hit the post. Mm. It, when he has to think about it, I don't think he's got the composure to put it away. Mm. But when it's like a quick instinctive finish, you know, like we've seen, like with his, with, when he scored his hat trick, he's got the headers, he's got, mm. you know, he'll, he'll run into the box and, get a little flick on or something along those lines. I think he's all right. But at this level, I think he does a job. And I think yeah. he's a player that is probably quite a good influence in the dressing room he's, as well. He's a player that you want in the squad, but he's not yeah. going to be the first name on the team sheet. Yeah. yeah. He's a good second option, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, 
as, as a conclusion, I don't know about you guys. I think no matter what happens or what we think, I think he will get an extra year only because of our, I don't know how to say it. Is it like amortization? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, just simply because of that, I think he'll get another year, but whether he actually stays, you know, whether he's sold because his value is only going to keep going down the older he gets just remains to be seen, doesn't it? You know, anything could happen. It depends, but, um, it depends whether we want to go out and buy another striker as well. If he's going to get replaced, I'm not going to give him a new contract. So it entirely depends on what we do in the transfer market as well. Definitely, definitely think we'll sign someone. Yeah. I think 100%. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I hope so. I seem to remember Rooney saying something about, uh, I can't remember when it was a couple of weeks ago, about saying we've got a big summer ahead. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. he's already thinking about the summer and you'd hope by the summer we have some sort of conclusion. It, it, you know, if it's not the Bin Zayed International Group, which it's not going to be, surely mm. it's not going to be them now. But whoever we get taken over by, hopefully we have a little bit of money to spend and we can start building Rooney's squad. I think the core we've got right now is, you know, it's there. It's, you know, a threadbare yeah. squad at the minute. Well, it should be next season anyway. Um, but we'll say, we'll say, I think it's promising signs. I think we're, we're probably going to finish mid-table, I think. Yeah. Um, and then just like we did last season and then we'll move on to next season and see where we can go but based off our form as it stands and based off our form under Rooney and the improvements we've already seen yeah. if we're then able to back Rooney with his own signings then I'm looking forward to next season I just hope that Rooney sees out his contract with the club I want to see him successful I want to see a successful Derby manager Yeah, uh, be nice on that poached straight away uh, speaking of which, when when is Rooney's contract up as manager? When did it? It's two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Contract, wasn't it? So yeah. Oh yeah, twenty twenty three. Oh sorry. Yeah. yeah, got a while then. Yeah, we'll but. see them. We have a uh, uh, few questions, don't we? Again, we've we've missed. We also, we also have loads. a big game to talk about. It's loads. Uh, we've got to speak about the Forest game. There's there's quite a large game going on this Friday, Jacob. I don't know if you know. (laughs) (laughs) What are we reckoning? Friday night. Forest. I'm I'm just going to straight up say right now, I'm not making a prediction. I'm not making a prediction. I'm definitely (laughs) not making a prediction. We was fucking... (laughs) See, I'm going to make my standard prediction of 3-0 defeat. It worked in the last three games. I've predicted a defeat. We've won, <laughs> so let's let's hope that. Uh, I think prediction wise, we should leave it there. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Especially you, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, definitely. Not. <laughs> but heading into the game, what do you guys think would be the best route to go in terms of formation? The four four two coming back, three five two, four two three one, based off what we've seen. What, how would you attack it if you were? Is do you reckon it's affected by how Forest set up, or is it just going to be how we how we how we yeah, want to play? I think Rooney's a very uh, tactically diverse manager in terms of he sees the team he's playing and he mends his team to fit them. Yeah. We've seen that a lot against Wickham, how we were more compact with the four four two. Then obviously we go and play Huddersfield, started off compact, and then he thought, well, we didn't start off compact, did we? We kind of moved into a more compact yeah. side in the second half. So uh, I think it's very heavily based off how Forest play. Um, they're a typical Chris Hewton team, you know. They just yeah. kind of get get the job done. It's that's but they've they've been in good form as well. They've been in good form. They're they're not conceding many goals. I think they've conceded. I don't know if I've got this right. Something like six in twelve or, or yeah. something, something like that. Something. 
where they've they've not conceded many, but then neither have we. So it it, it kind yeah. of sets up like a typical ball draw. Like we've had a few mm. awful Midlands derbies recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been completely dead games. Um, it does scream nil nil, doesn't it? We've got eight clean sheets in our last sixteen. Mm. Yeah, and they've got Chris Hughton as manager. So yeah, I do think it's going to be one of those. They got where... a bit lucky midweek, didn't they? Yeah, they, they should yeah. have been offside. It's, yeah, it's yeah, good. It was. The goal, yeah. if um, if it was if VAR was being used, it wouldn't have wouldn't have been given. Yeah, that would have been a nil nil. Then we would have been level on points with them, heading into the game. But as it stands, they've got a game in hand. Uh, two games ahead of us, uh, two points ahead of us. I mean, so it's huge. Either way, I think if we win, uh, we can then move eleven points clear of the bottom three. Um, Good points total, you know. <laughs> 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 um, it's not bad, is it? I think if we, if we win, then it could be huge, especially because of the confidence it would give the players to win a rivalry. For, well, you know, to win the derby for the first time yeah. in a, a long since twenty seventeen. Yeah. 24 seconds day the last time we won, wasn't it? Ages uh, ago. It's been a long time. A We've got a lot of positive signs heading into it. And the way I see it, if we lose, we've got to just say it as another game. Exactly, but, yeah. You know, and we, we won't be that far. If I think if we lose, then I'm sure the lads will bounce back. If we win, brilliant. So a draw. Yeah, again, it, you know, we can't be too harsh on ourselves. Obviously, it's a very tricky game to play. You never know what can happen. Yeah. But, um, this is the first game we've played against them in a while where right now I'm not nervous. I'm kind of just looking forward to it. I think it's going to yeah. be a good game. I think we're in good form. I think Rooney assures me. You know, I think he gives me a lot of confidence heading into this sort of fixture. Um, so we'll wait and see. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it this time around. Anything else? You'd like to speak about? Well, you two is going to speak then. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was going to say something. I, don't know. <laughs> I had a mind blank. I was going to yeah, say, so it I is was... a bit depressing that Ben Lewan has scored a winning derby goal like, more uh, more recently than a derby player, which is a bit. That is sad. Bit yeah. Depressing. yeah, but the thing is, you know, we've we've as as you were saying, Jacob. I think Rooney will make it so we approach this like any other game, you know. It is a big rivalry, but you don't want to let it get to your heads. And I think that's what's happened in the last few. I mean, obviously, discount one earlier this season because we got robbed. But the last few years, you know, we've played Forest and we've fallen apart. and We've played every single game differently to how we usually play. And I think that, that fixation on the derby has actually ended up costing us in the long run. So if we can get into the game, if we can focus, if we can play like we've played under Rooney, then I, I can't see why, you know, we can't put in a good performance. It feels like a very disconnected rivalry this time around. Right. Just this game. In terms of the... If you actually look at the Derby squad, from the team we've got now, who was there the last time we beat Forrest? Yeah. Not, like, not many. I don't think there's many players in the team now that actually know what Fuzzy. it is to play Forrest. Yeah. Fuzzy wisdom. Yeah, for Scythe and wisdom. Got Fuzzy. I don't um, know if wisdom played for us then, did he? Yeah, I mean, he's played. He's played for us. Played fourteen fifteen. So he was. He's played for us. Yeah, but he wasn't the last time. I don't know what he played. Twenty thirteen fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, he must have played. He must have played. He was there for the final. Yeah, was the right. What about the last time? The last time we beat them in twenty seventeen. I think he might have played right about that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Rowett season. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it was actually, if you remember, it was Wisdom who got the assist for Vidra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I, I don't know if there's many players on the team that. Know what it's like. It's similarly for Forest, though. 
you know, there's not many, you know, like Keo characters, and yeah, that, yeah. that's what we're probably going to be missing, if anything. I think Jason Knight is going to be well up for it, like normal. Mm. Um, but then even the other youngsters, you look at uh, Lee Buchanan and Max Bird. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're both Man United fans. Um, then the rest of the team is quite fairly new, could be low knees. So I think it will be a lot easier for this Derby team to zone into it being a game than a rivalry. Yeah. There's yeah. not many people with a personal connection to the fixture. Um, so I think I think that could probably play into our hands. But then also we do have the fact that Forest are in a very similar situation where they don't have many players that have got a history of playing in this fixture. So I don't... It's a, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one because I feel like it's so... <laughs> such an unfamiliar rivalry this time around. It feels yeah. like two yeah. very based on each other. I think it's probably the most important rival, like for, most important um, East Midlands derby in the last like five years though, because they're both a big one. similar positions. But every year it's been either us at the top or them. So yeah. I think this is the first year actually like near each other on the table. Last yeah, season was quite significant though, but for it very was. different yeah, reasons. Different reason, yeah. I think, um, just going back a little bit, a player like Kazim Richards seems to I think from his time in South South America, he seems to whenever he plays a derby game, he just takes the passion and he plays with it a lot more than other players tend to do. I think he can get might get a bit carried away. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, okay. I, don't, I don't think I don't think carried away is the the, the <laughs> not, right not, word. Not, not in the wrong way. Uh, I yeah. mean, like he might get excited he, by, he by get, the fact of playing in a in a derby. He might rather when else up. He gets into it. He gets into it, and he's passionate. And that's why people love him, you know. I've got Shinny as well. He's a passion merchant. Yeah. Yeah, Shinny. If Shinny doesn't get booked on Friday, I'll be very... That, that's <laughs> an odds on you. If you don't like a five-run Shinny, you a yellow card at the week. Wasn't yesterday one of the first times you hadn't got a yellow card for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I saw yeah, someone on Twitter had put money on him to get booked as well. <laughs> and then he didn't. <laughs> Which was funny. But, um, right. We'll go on to the, the final segment. We'll... we'll We'll try and forget about Friday for a few minutes. Uh, although I'm sure all of these questions are going to be about Friday. Um, so it's going to be like last week. So if you didn't see the show last week, um, we basically, we've asked some questions on Twitter. Um, and people have sent us questions on Twitter and we're going to pick the ones that we think are the most interesting and ask the room and see what people think. So I'll, I'll kick off. Um, we've got a question from Charlie DCFC who says, how can you see us nullifying Knockart because he always scores against us? What do you guys think about that? Anthony Knockart, he does, he does always seem to score against us, to be fair. It's going to be tough, isn't it? He's a top-quality championship player. Mm. Uh, he, should, he, yeah, he went close yesterday, didn't he? he? The keeper saved it, but he knocked onto his left foot, whipped it, going for the top corner, but the keeper saved it. So, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. But I think someone like... Do you play on the left or do you play on the right? Knock up. He's on the right, play. isn't he? Yeah, mostly Would it be better right. playing a more defensive left back move for Sighton now instead of Buchanan? Yeah, but yeah. you've got to think as well, Buchanan's got that energy. Hmm. So I can't keep up with him, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah that's the worry. But, no, I, I think if, if Buchanan puts in a mature performance, I can see... I can see him nullifying him. Um, yeah. I'm sure this will come back to bite me. Now it depends that. how well he plays, doesn't it? If he's on it, on his yeah. game, he might score. If he, he also yeah. has off games, so it yeah. depends, doesn't it? Definitely. Right. Next question, Jacob. I'm going to go for who do you think the current player of the year is? George Whitaker was asking that question. Oh, Carson Richards for me. Don't know oh, about you guys. And there's a few. Yeah, which is surprising when we're in such a, yeah. a a poor position or were in a poor position. 
I think you got to look at someone like Shinny, Knight, yeah, uh, Burn, and and Wisdom has been very good, and Clark. Yeah, so I think mm. there's, there's a long list, but I think Kazim Richards is pro- probably the, sh- the best shout. Yeah, I agree. Nice one, right, Lawrence? You got a question? Um, Lewis Everett asks, "What's your favourite goal Derby have scored against Forest? What would be your starting eleven as well?" Ooh, two questions. I think going back, didn't we speak about our favourite goals of all time? And mine was the the Russell goal against Forest. So I think oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's been mine. There's the the Bryson one as well when he was um, at, at at Forest as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, to put us one nil up, uh, Jamie Ward's against Forest as well in the two one was uh, was another good one. That was uh, a classic. Yeah. I'm going to say the last one, the Vidra one. Um, yeah. Because that yeah. was. I was there for that one. I was at my end, up right in front of me, and it was 24 seconds. It was just, it's a great meme as well. So that sticks in my own <laughs> way well. Yeah, I think for me, the video goal as well, just because of how everyone's sitting down there, so it's so nervous, and then straight away, it's just mm. 24 yeah. seconds. And it's a great goal as well. Yeah, it was a great goal. It's just the, the way it happened, we're not going to see many of the goals like that, especially yeah. against Forest, where it's just completely out of nowhere. Um, oh, that was the day I fell in love with David Nugent. No, that was the mm. day. Although I do also like the Nicholas yeah, Bentner. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the Nicholas Bentner goal as well. Oh, the own goal, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it, he hit the bar as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, hit the bar game. in the same game. <laughs> he yeah. nearly scored a break. That would have been even better than the first. That was like 20, 15 yards out. <laughs> underrated goal against Forest would be the Hendrick one at 5 0. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That through ball from Bamford, you know, yeah. it just flipped. Like, the Hendrick was all the way through. And then he put it through his legs as well. Mm. Yeah, and the way it was right in front of the Forest fans and it, and the Derby fans, so it's you know it was a um, good day. And, and anything like that, and we'll be very happy on Friday. <laughs> yeah. What about the starting eleven though? That's about the starting eleven. I think that's we sort of touched on that with the system. But I don't know. What would you would you guys go more attacking or compact? I'd say the team that finished or not finished started the second half against Huddersfield. Yeah. Do you think Eberson plays or does he? Not unless you play a back three. Mm, fair enough. In my opinion. And also, you just put wisdom for player of the season. So you, you can't drop him. Yeah. I know, but just that, that Emerson, Emerson, that Emerson performance was very good. But what, why did he come off? Was it just a formation? Just a tactical change. Right? Yeah, I really said it was nothing to do with Edmondson or Gregory. It's just that he got the tactical change wrong. And unfortunately, like two of them had to come off. And I think because mm. wisdom and Clark have been so, you know, they've been the great form. Good partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that it made sense to bring Edmondson off. But. Yeah. Right, Adam, you got a question? I've got, uh, yeah. Joe Edge says, where do you think Derby will finish by the end of the season? I think we, I think we, before, we, we answered that, yeah. yeah I said Near, mid-table, it's got to yeah. be, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I didn't see those more comments. Um. Well, who is the best striker in the league and why is it CKR? I'll ask that one. <laughs> Who brilliant. is the actual best striker in the league? Other than CKR? Uh, Tony, Tony, by Tony, quite Tony. a considerable margin. Yeah. And, and then Kazim Richards above him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Naturally. Big PIs are in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Donald Kennedy says, do you think the takeover, if, if a takeover happens, when uh, will we have a decent summer? Or, and there's promotion on the cards as well. Like what Jacob said, Rooney said there's a big summer coming up, didn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah I think it. it... I'm never right, Derby are. <laughs> mm. You know, you never it, know. Either way, yeah, literally either way, you never know 
what Derby are going to do. I think there's a good chance That's we can good. be pushing for top six. Yeah, really? he's a good manager. He's a good manager. Yeah, I'm happy that he's at the club. But like I said before, and, I, and I'll say it again, that when when people first started saying, "Oh, Rooney's destined to become manager," I was like, "Nah, nah, don't do it. I don't want. I don't want to see it." Um, but I'm so happy we're seeing it now. I think it's good for the future. If, if he stays, if he actually stays for more than a year, which has been rare recently with Derby managers, <laughs> um, then you know I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I think we can see some great progression under him. But whether or not that means promotion, I mean, it's more of a, it's a taboo word, really, promotion now, I think, in, mm, in Derby. I don't want to say it anymore. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. So I've got a question here from um, Johnny Tomlinson who says, has there been a more pivotal Derby versus Forest game? Not just bragging rights, but league status. This is massive. Um, I think not for Derby, but for Forest a couple of years back, uh, Penelos or Penelos scored really late on. It was like 95th minute. Oh, yeah. They did a pitch invasion, didn't they? Yeah, they stayed up that year on goal difference. If they'd not have scored in the 95th minute, Forrest would have been a League One team. Yeah. Uh, mm. Which pains me. The fact <laughs> that game. Um, but I think, not from a Derby perspective, but I think that was much more pivotal because I, I don't think this game on Friday decides who stays up. I yeah. think Derby oh, yeah. staying up, regardless of what happens on the, on Friday. But I think that game a few years back for Forrest especially was huge. And it, and it yeah, kept 100%. Them. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a frustrating one as well, wasn't it? It was. Oh, so annoying. Another one is how many goals will CKR finish on, and that's from DCFC, George. How many? Thirty-five. On six. Is on six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think double figures would be good. good Fourteen, maybe. Yeah, ten. I I reckon it'll be around ten or eleven, which is still a, a. it's a decent return, as, yeah, especially yeah. as he didn't really start the season. Yeah, We're exactly. a team that doesn't score goals. So for him to get what would be, I think it'd be his second highest. His highest is 11 or 12 with final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it'd be his second highest goal tally oh, in a oh, season. I reckon he could beat his, uh, beat his record. It'd be nice if he could, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he could easily get 13 or 14. I don't yeah. think he will, mm. but I think he could. <laughs> But well, I think he could. You know, yeah. there are the chances are there for him if he if he wants to take them. He had a chance, um, a close range header, which he probably should have left for Gregory actually. Um, in the last yeah. game against Field, he had the chance against. Um, oh, he was at Wickham late on. And he, he, he scored against up. Watford. Yeah, he actually did score. Yeah, he did score. Yeah. Um, so it's up to him really. The world is his oyster. But we'll <laughs> see. At the grand old age of 34. <laughs> have we got any more questions to go? We do. So we've got a question from Ben who says, thoughts on whether VAR should be implemented in the championship? If no. not, why? Just no. I'm not giving a reason why. Someone else can do that. You're solid. I'm play. really torn on it. because it, it's, just, it's just how it's used, isn't it? If it's used well, yeah. then yeah. But, you know, in the Premier League, it's not really gone that well, is it? Yeah. So I think I think the problem with VAR, I don't. Well, no, actually, I, I don't think there is a problem with VAR. I think VAR is a brilliant idea. I just think it's being executed in the wrong way, and I think the rules have so many flaws and holes that weren't being, you know, weren't seen before because there was no VAR, and mm-hmm. those those flaws are being found out quite a lot. You know, you see it with the ridiculous offside calls where it's like like one pixel in it or something like that, or you know, you get really debatable penalties and and things like that. I think it's it's more down to the the officials running it than the actual thing itself. 
I think it's actually a brilliant idea and you know it works quite well in other countries it works really well in in the Netherlands so I watch quite a bit of Dutch football and they, they barely have any problems with it it works perfectly and you remember when it first came in I can't remember what what was it Brazil in 2014 or was it in, in 2018 it worked really well and everyone's mm. like oh this is so good because they had the best officials in the world doing yeah, it yeah yeah but suddenly yeah. when you've got premier league officials like Stuart atwell running <laughs> var and they they can't make the correct decisions all the time because they're not good enough mm. and i think that's why var started to fall down but no good question man i think one reason why it's not as good is because it takes so long for them to get to the decision I think yeah. it was, it was a, if there was a way to speed it up, maybe to a maximum weight of 30 seconds, like a computer or something like that, I'd be all for it. But mm. yeah, Like an automatic, like almost like FIFA, so it already knows. Yeah. Or, it's not really yeah. possible, but it'd be, it would, not possible, that, I'd be yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, with VAR, I think the biggest issue is the, it isn't VAR itself, it's the actual rules. Yeah. You know, because technically, by the fine margins they're looking at with these lines they draw on the pitch and you know, technically speaking, some a lot of the decisions are correct. It's just so painstakingly like the the offside rule is to stop people goal hanging. Yeah. By no mm. means half yeah. of these goals been goal hanging. Um, I think you know, once people are offside by a shoulder. Yeah. You know, but you know, for me, it should only be offside if it's with the part of the body they actually scored with. Well, you know, I feel like it, the, the whole rule needs to change. If someone is a clear foot in front, for me, if you are a toe in front, but you've got bigger feet, it's like, you know, when we scored yeah. against Southampton in the cup and Waggon's toe, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was his toe, it was offside. Well, I've got size 12 feet. So that's saying if, if I was playing against someone with size eight feet and my t- we've got the heel in the same place, but mm-hmm. my yeah. toe is in front. How can that be penalised and, and ruled away? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So the, same with the shirt sleeve, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it goes on your arm, it goes on where your shirt sleeve ends. Mm. What if you wear an extra small shirt? <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, your shirt sleeves up here. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make well, sense. Depending on the referee, like the referees need to decide. No, this is offside, and this isn't. They need to do it together. Yeah, referees rule it differently. I've seen some rule it to the shoulder, some rule it to the sleeves. Some... I haven't taken it into account at all. Um, honestly, I, I think the rules need addressing. Um, I think the referees need to have a meeting on what is offside, what isn't, what is a free kick, what is actually to you know to have the same ideas. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's VAR isn't the problem; it's the actual rules behind uh, the system. I think for me, if they're going to get the lines out, I think that's you know you get like you're in the wrong territory there because like it should be if you're using a camera anyway it should be clear and obvious without the lines yeah. if you need to use the lines then it's too close yeah. to call there's no there's like it's yeah. not an advantage there's there's no point in calling upside yeah um and that leads us to the last question which i'd argue is the best question um this is from tom who says who is your favorite bold irish striker that's played for derby you working out who is it who, who is who's the best irish striker that is also bold and no, happens to have a fish in their name to play no, for derby the best part about this is that i have a shirt with his name on the back somewhere do you actually <laughs> <laughs> i think it was the the 2012-13 kappa oh yeah Connor salmon number 32 i think it was you're a big fan <laughs> jacob but yeah massive fan massive what a talent i remember he scored he scored on his home debut and he like outstrength someone and curl it in from twenty yards, and I was like, 
wow. He played against Watford, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. That that was years later, though. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what a finish. What a player we've signed. What a signing. And then he went on to score eight more over the next three years. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> I remember it. Is, that, is, that photo of him? is it Thistle where he's got that pizza? The pizza, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am, I being, am I being safe? Is it Partick Thistle? Or? Yeah, it was. It was Partick yeah. Thistle, yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather a pizza than a man of the match trophy. Yes. It's like we've seen that picture of the guy with the corner after losing the FA Cup and he's got like a corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Right, you guys got anything else? I didn't hear any of that. No, I was just saying, I, I was trying to work out the team that that had the curry. I thought it was Billericay. <laughs> Yeah, it might have been Billericay. It probably wasn't, to be fair. I probably just made that up. But either way, what a treat. Right. We'll sign off. We'll finish it off. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment your favourite post-match meal down below. Is it a korma? Is it a curry? Would it be a pizza delivered by Connor Salmon? What would it be? Let us know. Um, Thank you very much for watching. Um, we've been not another Dobby podcast, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you again next week with uh, three points in the East Midlands derby. Goodbye. Yeah. In a bit. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.